Hello, it is 3 a.m. in New York, 9 a.m. in Johannesburg, and 2 p.m. in Bangkok. Welcome to the Expat Happy Hour. This is Sunday Shander Bean from sundaybean.com. I'm a solution-oriented coach and intercultural strategist for individuals and organizations, and I am on a mission to help you adapt and succeed when living abroad and get you through any life transition. Brian Tracy serves us some wisdom by saying successful people are always looking for opportunities to help others. Unsuccessful people are always asking, what's in it for me? Welcome to week four of this special six-week behind-the-scenes series. If you have been with us since the beginning, you'll recall episode 196, Not the Entrepreneurial Type, where we busted myths about what it really takes to be an entrepreneur and actually how more people than you think can get fit for having their own business. Episode 197, we called out the dangers of giving up your own thing to follow your partner abroad in dual career couple and offered some powerful conversations to have with your partner before you say yes so that you can prevent resentment and trouble down the road. This week, I'm answering what so many of you have asked me to share behind the scenes is how do you find clients? Okay, we actually started to answer this question last week in episode 198, where I said how you can get started. This step one is be visible. So check out episode 198, Visibility's Love-Hate Parallel. It's quite simple. First, you allow yourself to be seen and you allow yourself to be present. But today, my answer might surprise you when I answer, how do you find clients? What I want to share with you today is you don't find them. They find you. <laughs> and I'm going to share more um, and what that has to do with consistency in episode 200 next week. But I'm going to give you some backstory around this idea of having clients find you. If you listened in back in episode 160 for my third birthday party, <laughs> um, my best, my BFF interviewed me and she asked me about why I started Expat Happy Hour. And I mentioned that it all started with a dream and it was with a wolf. And the principle is that if I howl, if I share my message, if I share my voice, my people, the ones who resonate with those messages will find me and they'll be my wolf pack. <laughs> so a little hangover reference for those of you who like Bradley Cooper as much as I do. So let's go to the technical side. Okay. Distraction. Um, <laughs> about wolves. Okay. The National Geographic talks about wolves and they say scientists describe packs in terms of family units. Okay, wolves don't actually howl at the moon. They howl to communicate with each other. And howling is the most direct way of communicating across long distances. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> right? Those of us who live in a globally mobile life, we are across distances. And so me sharing my message is a direct way of communicating across long distances. Wolves say it's especially important for them 
when the wolf territories are vast, right? A howl can communicate things like a wolf's location, warnings about predators, and position of prey. So I'm not asking you to be loud, right? Don't mistake howling with loud. My invitation to you when I say you don't find them, they find you, is when you howl, you communicate your location. That means where you stand on issues. You communicate warnings about predators. That means you communicate what are some challenges that are heading their way and they need to correct course so they don't get stuck. When you howl and you communicate your message, the position of prey, that means, hey, get into the right location. Go here so you can get what you're craving. So you don't find your clients, they find you if you howl, if you communicate directly across distances, right? Expat happy hour is my way to howl, to share with you what I stand for, to warn you about things to avoid based on what I've seen in my own life, things I've seen with my clients and get you in the right location so you can get what you're hungry for. And howling, as I said, it doesn't have to be loud. It's simply using your voice. Wolves are designed to howl. What is your life story, your professional experience, your work with your clients? How is your voice designed, right? What are you designed to share? And that's, that's how, that's how I find clients, right? Expat happy hour is a big way to do that because people are clear on my position. They I save them from their own predators, right? Whether it's their self-defeating talk or their endurance mode and they're heading to burnout or they're lost and they're looking for purpose, right? And I help them get what they want. So if you're listening and you're a coach and you'd like to work with expats, this is how you can find clients. Or even if you're not an expat coach, maybe you're someone who serves people who are in the globally mobile space. Maybe you have sort of a service profession, like you're a therapist or a psychologist, or maybe you're in the wellness industry, right? All of these things apply. Maybe you even have a product that serves people that helps make their life better or helps solve a problem, right? This, this is really relevant and will help you um, get your voice out there and help your people find you, help your pack meet. Okay, why is this so important? And now I'm specifically, if you're a coach or you support expats, this is super personal stuff that we deal with, right? Uh, challenges that we have in our lives are by default complex and important. And if you're doing something of service like coaching, it is an intimate relationship, right? And I, there's so many times the way I feel about my clients, I just can't handle how much I care about them. I wish there was a unique word for that relationship, the coaching relationship, because it's not friendship, it's not family, but it feels super close, but it's still professional and it's so connected, right? And when people have that level of connection with you and you with them, right, they want to be in connection with you. They want to be in connection with you and not a company or a firm, 
right? They, they want that human connection. So, um, Marie Forleo, she is known for a business school that she helps people with. She calls it the no like trust factor, right? And we're going to break that down what that means actually in this space. And it's really simple. Like they need to know you. That's where um, the presence comes up. That's what last week's episode about visibility was important. They need to even be aware that you're there, but they actually need to know you, right? An aspect of you. And they need to like you. And, and that doesn't mean like, like you and you're nice, but there needs to be resonance or chemistry or alignment. You have to give them an opportunity to resonate with you or have chemistry or align with you. And then they have to trust you. Right? Do you have a track record of solving problems like they have? Are they going to get results? So I, this sounds so basic, but honestly, when I look at what other coaches are doing or what people are doing in this space, I think you're, let me, I don't, my hunch is that you're overwhelmed by all the platforms that we feel like we, I'm doing air quotes with my fingers right now, what you feel like you should be on. You, you know, what am I going to say on Instagram? What am I going to say on Facebook? What am I going to say in my blog? What am I going to say in my podcast? So we're very focused on the channels and, you know, being present, um, you, you know, on those channels regularly, but we're forgetting the big picture. We're forgetting to zoom out that the whole goal in that it's, it's this relationship building to have them know, like, and trust you. And that's what I mean. Like, Hey, do you want to be in my pack? Do you resonate with the way I howl? Right. And that's where the voice comes in. And actually we, the ones who are sharing our blog, sharing our podcasts, um, who are, who want people to know about our services, we have a lot of work to do so that someone will, will have that, will know us, will, will align with us and trust us. And we can't be lazy. If you are telling me you want to find clients, you have to be willing to be mindful about all the work, um, in thoughtfulness that goes in so that they're ready to say yes to you. You have to give them a lot of yourself thoughtfully for them to be ready to engage in that kind of relationship, right? And I think sometimes we get distracted by, oh, I have to get attention on social media. I need to, to post regularly. And we're completely losing sight of why. What is the purpose, right? I was just having a conversation last night with someone who said, hey, our company is going to um, you know, establish presence in this new channel. What should our f first post be? And I'm like, wait, that's a great question. Like You should be asking that. But before that, what's the purpose of, of being on that channel? What are you trying to do? And the answer was to add value to their specific audience. So now we're looking at different things. So I want you to think about how you can share your voice to call in your pack and they will come to you if they know you, if they like you in the terms of resonate with you, there's chemistry and they align. And if they trust you, otherwise they're going to go to somebody else's pack and that's okay. And they should, because we want them to feel safe, that we want them to belong right? So here, here are some things that I'm going to guide you now through three things. Um, when we focus first on the knowing, the liking and the trusting, and I'm gonna give you some examples, you know, from, from my own work, um, just to show you some ideas on how you might do this for you, right? Don't do, don't be me, right? Don't do what I do, do it for you, do it in your way, right? 
Uh, my intention is absolutely not to create mini-me's. One of me is definitely enough. Um, it's more about use these examples as inspiration on how you can do this for you in your voice, in your way, for your pack. All right. So, and to be honest, um, this is something that I, is very big picture that I hold. This isn't like something where I'm like, um, you know, today they need to know this and they need to like this and they need to trust that. Absolutely not. This is an embodied way of loving on my people, right? This isn't a strategy. This is how I want to show up for you. And I'm offering that big picture uh, broken down separately today, but you can see they're all interconnected. So let's just start with no. Okay. They need to know you and they need to understand who they're working with. And that also means your personality and maybe your quirks. And I know my own journey, I felt a lot of pressure in the beginning to like be very professional. And I told you about my gray blazer, uh, an episode or two ago, <laughs> how I felt like I had to conform and, and show up in the way I thought you wanted me to show up. You meaning, I don't know, people who want to see professionals, corporate stuff. And, and what I was actually hiding was my personality. The ironic part is the people who actually managed to stay awake during that boring corporate side of me and got inside and had coaching with me, got the full access to my personality, um, my laughter, my quirks, et cetera. And um, that was a lot more fun than being on the outside <laughs> with, you know, this barrier of the gray blazer. So one thing you can do to help people really know you is allow, give yourself permission to drop your guard a little while still being professional and let them in on your personality. Allow them to have a glimpse of some of your quirks. For those of you who have been following me, you know I can't sing and you know I can't cook, right? And I'm not hiding it. <laughs> but it is also nice to know that I'm crap at some things and it makes people feel human and see the humanity <laughs> um, of someone who's showing up professionally, right? Um, I've also invited you into glimpses of my life while also trying to serve. So this was really fun to prepare for you. I, I put together a few podcasts that we've done, which helped you see um, and know more about my life. So for those of you who've been listeners for a long time, you might remember episode 18 that featured my kids, right? Chatting with third culture kids. At the time, my boys were four and eight, and this was completely spontaneous and unplanned, but I recorded it for us as a means of play, but it was so dang good. I'm like, you know what? I'm actually going to produce this and share it as a real episode. So here's a glimpse of me with my boys. Okay, question number one. What are our rocks? That means when we travel from Burkina to Bern, Switzerland, to South Africa, wherever we go, what are the things that stay the same when everything else changes? We're... We're always going to be still a family. And our heart stays everywhere where we are. And you, you, sweetheart, what do you think? What stays the same no matter what changes? Uh, the houses stay the same. Okay. All right. Well, we come back to the same house when we live actually in that country. That's right. And you're saying that our family stays together no matter where yeah. we're at. Okay, you guys. 
I'm curious, who knows the answer? Raise your hand. What is a third culture kid? Okay, that was fast. Both of them raised their hands really fast. Yours is up first. Bailey, what's, what's your answer? What's a third culture kid? Uh, third culture kids. Do you know what that is? Yes. <laughs> uh, Jasper? Okay, should we let your brother answer it? What do you think it is, honey? When you live in cult, different cultures and you visit places a lot. Right. Very good, you guys. So third culture kids are kids that are living in a country that are not the same as their passport country from their parents. Great job, you guys. All right. Those guys are so stinking cute. I actually asked them if they wanted to come back on Expat Happy Hour recently. And my now 12 year old was like, nah, I'm good. Okay, so another one that gave you a little glimpse into who I am and who I, how I am with my boys, right? And a little bit about my family, which I'm pretty protective of, to be honest. But then in episode 53, I gave you a glimpse of some of my best friends. Episode 53 is what friends and family really think about you living abroad. And instead of telling you that, I asked my friends and they shared their perspective. Here is a glimpse of what they said, and and some of it, I I was so moved, I didn't expect what they had to say. What do you really think about me living abroad? Uh, I think it's pretty cool. Quite jealous, I have to say. Um, Wish I could do it. uh, Yeah, pretty jealous, pretty jealous. Okay, so what do I really think of it? I guess I really just think... That's how it is. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's been quite some time that you have lived abroad now. And I know that the decisions that you have made yourself and that you've made with your family, you know, helps you to continue to live your lives the way that you want to. And it just feels right. And I'm glad that you're living the way that you want to and choose to live. I think it's exciting and adventurous, and I just think it's really cool. Um, I have always known that you love traveling, and I think it just kind of fits you perfectly. Um, At times, I get nervous for you, like when you lived in an area that wasn't very safe. Um, but I know you've had, you've got a great head on your shoulders and you've got a wonderful family and I believe you have some good friends there, though I don't know any of them, but, um, anyway, I'm super happy for you living abroad. Okay. So we've looked at my kids, some of my best friends, and I even gave you a glimpse of the wild side of the bean family (laughs) by sharing a little detail about a concert that I had in the works with my 70-year-old parents in episode 110, Grand Gestures. Sometimes you need to go out of your way and make a grand gesture. And I'm doing that this week by rocking up to a Bob Seger concert with my siblings and my mama and papa halfway around the world. I can't wait. I have no idea if jet lag will be on my side or not. 
and whether rum and coke will be my friend or my foe. (laughs) But I can't wait to celebrate with my family in this grand gesture, celebrating an amazing couple, a symbol of love for 50 years. My parents are turning 70 and they're taking their kids to this rock concert. These are people that I admire so much. I love how they live. My father's philosophy is life is for the living. And I mean, the guy who's 70 and goes to Lady Gaga on his birthday is a good example of that, right? They taught me how to love the crap out of my people. And now I'm sharing that with you. So there you go. There's a lot of ways that you can help your people get to know you. Um, But these are some ways that you can help them get to know you and add value at the same time. So for you, if you're working with clients or you're a coach or you want to reach people in the global mobility space, think about ways that you can help them get to know you, give a glimpse of your life and give value at the same time. Okay, now we're going to shift to the second one, which is the like factor. And again, this is not like, do you like me? Do you think I'm nice? It's more about, is there an alignment? Is there chemistry? Do we have shared values? And that's really important because when you work with someone, you work with a whole person. And I also want people to know what I stand for. So in terms of this um, area, I want you to think about, do they know what you stand for? Ask yourself, when you want to find clients, do potential clients or your audience or the people who follow you in your your blog or your podcast or whatever, do they know what you stand for? Because I personally want to be in alignment with the people that I give my money to and that I work with and that I trust the most intimate details of my life with. I want there to be alignment. And one of the ways that you can do that is, is share what you stand for. And you can see that in expat 188, the purpose placebo, where I go into detail about the expats on purpose manifesto, where I say what we say yes to and what we say no to. And that is a great way for clients to see, Hey, do I resonate with these messages. Here's a little glimpse. All right, so we're going to start with the Expats on Purpose Manifesto. It's really simple. There are things that we say no to and things we say yes to. So get comfortable, maybe even grab a pen and paper or your laptop and take notes. What areas resonate for you? Which areas help you feel like it's more on purpose, more in line with your intentions, a place where you're ready to flirt with making an impact? Here we go. Number one, we say no to ignoring your priorities and yes to claiming your priorities. Hmm. Does that sound delicious? Claiming your priorities. If that's it, then you can go ding, ding, ding. You've got something that is hot on the tracks to go under the umbrella of purpose for you. Okay. So some other examples where I want to make sure that people are in alignment or understand where I stand. Again, the wolves 
Howell to share their location. So ways that I have shared my location is through episode 197, Dual Career Couples, where it's very clear in our conversation with Yvonne from the World Bank that we can do better. That if we want to support dual career couples, we need to make sure that there's equity in the relationship and we need to advocate for what we want. In episode 182, Impressionable Young Minds with Jasmine Cochran, we talk about how important it is to look at the curriculum in international schools so that we can fight racist attitudes, so that fuller histories can be shared, that people aren't excluded from the history that is being taught. So definitely clear on where I stand there, as well as episode 146, Hidden Hierarchies in International Schools with Danao Tanu, saying, hey, let's stop this belief or this um, myth that all international schools are just kumbaya and we're a post-racial society saying, no, these hierarchies and the, the dynamics that are going on between the global north and the global south are still happening inside our very own international schools. Let's take a look at it within ourselves and within our structures. So a way you can do that is share what you believe in, invite people into your blogs, into your podcasts or whatever you're doing to help people understand where you stand and your pack will follow. The third one is trust. This one, I have a hunch if I'm really honest, when I were to ask people who are coaching to do this, they might feel the most hesitant about, and that is around how do you develop trust? It's around demonstrating results. Okay. You can demonstrate results in a lot of ways. So for example, if you're a coach, how can you demonstrate results? You can share testimonials, right? Do you ask permission of your clients to share testimonials, you know, explicitly or anonymously so that people can trust you? Hey, that person got results. Maybe I will. Are you willing to demonstrate results live? Can you can you coach someone in a live session and let others be part of that so they can watch you do what you do? What are you doing in your own business to demonstrate results? Don't, I always say this to my kids, show me, don't tell me, right? And, um, and this is what I do also when I do year of transformation. And when I talk to people about the program, I say, don't listen to a thing I say here, check out these nine women who've done it and what they've said about it. And I have podcasts where clients have agreed to come on and they share their journey and they share their stories. And I've also done live coaching where, um, in episode 150 job hunter wasteland or episode 136, sad tag along spouse, I've captured coaching with permission of the um, client. And I've shared that on the podcast so people can see what they're getting into. I am so serious for those of you who want to find clients. If you follow these three things, really showing up allowing people to know you, showing up, allowing people to, to the people who like your messages, the people who like where you're, you stand to see that and showing people that they can trust you. This will have a massive impact on your business that clients will come to you because you've done all of the right work for them to feel safe and look forward to working with you. 
Now, this is just the beginning. I teach how you can find and share your voice in my program, Expat Coach Coalition. The doors are open actually right now. So if you want more, if you want to go deeper on how you can find and share your voice, if you want me by your side to help you untangle this, and then how do you implement that into your messages and create a you know, communication plan and find your ideal people, that is something you would definitely find value from. So go ahead and apply for Expat Coach Coalition if that resonates with you and we can connect. Hop on the phone and I'll get your questions answered. All right, y'all. I am on fire today. (laughs) This is so important to me. And in the next episode, episode 200, which I'm really excited about, we're going to talk about another way you can find clients, and that is through consistency. I'm also going to give you behind the scenes on how I have been able to come up with podcasts for 200 consecutive weeks in a row. So stay tuned for that. If you are not already signed up for Expat Coach Secrets, don't miss it because I am sharing more strategies on what I'm doing exactly with my clients and from the business side. I've invited graduates of Expat Coach Coalition as well um, to share their insight. And all of that is part of what you get in a much deeper way from the program Expat Coach Coalition. So don't miss it. You've been listening to Expat Happy Hour with Sunday Schneider Bean. Thank you for listening. I am going to leave you with the words of Austin Cleon. The only way to find your voice is to use it. 